you to the Wrestling With Life podcast. What's up, wrestling fam, and welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling With Life podcast. My name is M. Led, and I am trying not to throw up right now. I am so freaking excited because I have my first guest on, you guys. We have Mama Led on the mic. What the frig is up, Mom? <laughs> How are you? I am great, and I'm very excited to be here in the woods with you. Oh, I'm so excited, too. You guys, we are recording from one of my favorite places in the world. My parents booked a cabin to celebrate my birthday a little bit early, and we've been spending the weekend hiking and having campfires and playing games and just spending really great quality time together as a family, and it's been amazing. The reason why my mom's joining us on the podcast today is because I couldn't think of a better person to be my very first guest. Everything that I am, I am because of my mama. When I think about the woman that I've become and the things that I'm doing, and how I got to where I am in life, I think about you. And I think about how you raised me. And I think about the truth that you poured into me over the years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start crying. I can't talk about this too long. But yeah, the reason my mom's here is because she made me who I am today. So mama, let's tell the people the life lesson that we're going to bring them today. You want to introduce it to us? Sure. We're going to be talking today about just the topic of comfort zones, why we stay in them, what happens to us when we push ourselves out of them and just the growth that can happen, having a few more years under my belt than you do, <laughs> um, what that's just looked like in my life, it's just to encourage other people because it's scary. Yeah. My mama picked this topic today because this is a theme that you've encountered throughout your life. Absolutely. And the one piece of homework that I gave you was to bring a quote or a Bible verse for us that kind of sets the tone for what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to give you the floor to share that. Absolutely. Share it and then tell us why you picked it. Okay. I'm going to bring you from the Bible, 2 Timothy 2.15. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. That, to me, through different stages, has been such a comfort because I'm never alone. He guides me. It's not sending you off blindly, and he's the one leading the blind. And so um, it's a trust journey, and it's an acknowledgement that I believe there is a God and that he loves me with my warts and all. And that um, if I trust and I step out of those comfort zones, he's got beautiful things for me. Mm, I love that so much. I don't think I've ever heard that verse before. Is it a very popular one? Um, no, no. I, no like I, it. I stumbled across it. Second Timothy 2.15. Check it out. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Mama. Let me give a quick little outline of what we're going to talk about today. I know you kind of already mentioned it, but... We're going to get into why we like comfortability as humans, the psychology behind it, why we like staying in that comfort zone, and then what happens if we stay in that comfort zone, and then how we can push ourselves outside of our comfort zone. What are some mentality shifts we can make? What are some tools and practices that can help us do that? And all of this is going to come back to my mama, Mama Led, and she's going to tell us about things that have happened in her life, stories of ways that she's stepped out of her comfort zone and what ended up happening for her. So let's get into the psychology of the comfort zone. But before we do that, Mama, let's give the people some background on kind of like your upbringing, your personality, some like some life experiences that you had that 
maybe were really fundamental. And you can kind of take this however you want, take your time. I just want people to understand you and your backstory a little bit before we start this conversation. Absolutely. Okay. So in the beginning, I um, am a family of five children. Mm -hmm. I'm fourth in line. And like so many of us, I had a family of dysfunction. And I say that with all love and grace because adults do the best they can with what they have. Mm -hmm. And um, my family was no different, but that has an effect on the children that come from that dysfunction, right? So I had a family with, there was mental illness. There was some childhood trauma that had been experienced in their life when they were young. And the mental illness was identified and acknowledged, not a problem. But back then when I was growing up, like I was born in the mid sixties. So medication treatments, very archaic and didn't work for everybody. So the adults self-medicated and um, in self-medication, there was abuse of alcohol. And so that just created an environment of instability. I sought out uh, safety and security so many different stages I can look back on my life that I I sought that out and comfort. I was um, very quiet, very meek child. Um, I was the one who wanted to try to fix everything. Of course, as you as a child, you think everything that's wrong in your family is your fault. So I took that on. So I tried to be the fixer, and I have a fixer personality. But I wanted to be the mediator, the good girl, got good grades, um, followed the rules, didn't ever want to cause any problems. And so that made me a people pleaser, which I've struggled with most of my life. So that's kind of the background on who I was. So for me, my comfort zone was following the rules, staying in line, um, always kind of staying in the background in the shadows so that I wouldn't cause any waves anywhere. Not having a lot of friends because you can't bring friends home after school to a home where you don't know what home's going to look like that day. And it was um, not talked about. So it was secrets, um, family secrets, keep things in the closet, uh, show your best self, but protect the family secret. And, um, and that's not healthy. Are you open to digging a little bit more into that dysfunction and sharing kind of like, you know, why didn't home feel stable? What did it look like for you coming home and being in that unpredictable environment? If you would take my siblings and line us all up, our memories and how we internalized and experienced things would be different for each one of us. You know, that there's some of that is personality, some of that is birth order. For me, we were very loved. We were a very affectionate family. There was always hugs. I always felt loved. I felt safe in that regard. When I didn't feel safe was when alcohol was in the mix. And when um, someone was drunk, then it became personality changed. There was, a, it was an angry drunk. That to me wasn't, you know, you just don't feel safe. You expect to walk in from a day at school and, and, you know, feel like you can let your guard down. And instead that um, wasn't always the case. Sometimes it was, you just never really knew. Yeah. And that unpredictability, I know like a lot of people out there can relate because unfortunately like substance abuse is really common. We live in a very broken world and there's a lot of people who either grew up with an abusive parent or a parent who was struggling with substance abuse, et cetera. So you grow up and you have this dysfunction 
then you get to high school or college. College was kind of a time that you felt like you could reinvent yourself from our conversations before. Do you want to talk about what that looked like for you going from growing up like that to getting to college? Um, Yes. And before I do that, I want to make a plug. There's a book that I've recently read called The Deepest Well, and it's healing from adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. There's been a lot of work, a lot of study in that right now. And in reading that, I honestly know that my experience, yes, we may have had adverse childhood experiences, but ours was balanced with love. And there are a lot of people that have grown up in situations where they don't have that balance. So that's one thing to say, but the deepest swell and um, look that up. And that is a just been a wonderful resource because it gives a lot of tools for how to heal from that. Um, when I went off to college, I realized pretty quickly that I was on a freshman hall and Everyone there was in the same boat I was in that nobody knew them. Uh, They could reinvent themselves. And I was no longer the little girl that ran from class to class looking down, afraid to make eye contact because I was afraid of rejection. I could start over again. And I welcomed the opportunity to come out of a comfort zone there where in other times in my life, coming out of my comfort zone was much more vulnerable, much more scary. So that experience of being able to do that in college gave me confidence I never had before because it worked. I would approach someone and say, hey, do you want someone to walk down to the cafeteria with you? And I suddenly had someone to sit and eat with those kind of things. So those were positive reinforcements that helped me gain confidence. And, you know, I think we can all think about times where we've been pushed out of our comfort zone, where if you get a little nugget of reinforcement, it makes you bolder to do something more. And I was able to make uh, many friends in college that are lifelong lasting friendships that, you know, maybe not didn't come in high school because I wasn't as willing to fear rejection, fear someone finding out about the family secrets, fear of being labeled or um, being made fun of because of situations I couldn't control. Yeah, I love that. And before when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss today, you told me something and you've told me the story a couple of times growing up that I think is really cool because it's kind of like modern day therapy. You had a teacher in college who kind of pushed you to start being creative and use kind of like writing. I think it was a writing class you said to process through some of these things that you experienced growing up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. When I got to college and I would come into stressful situations like studying for midterms, um, I started having dreams that were actually uh, suppressed memories that would come back in a dream. And they were very, very upsetting. I was taking a writing course at the time, a writing class, and I took a chance and I wrote about the situation and I was very blessed. I mean, God just put this professor in my life at the exact time because she not only Um, affirmed me, but she identified with me in that she had had the same experience growing up. She herself had struggled with alcoholism. And so I suddenly had an advocate who read my story. She saw me. She reflected back on what I wrote and encouraged me. So I took multiple classes from her and it was, she was like my therapist in poetry writing and nonfiction writing and short story writing where, because I didn't know enough to go for therapy, she became kind of my therapist to help me process through process through things in a safe environment where I knew that I was exposing myself and being very vulnerable and I was safe. And that was just a beautiful thing. I love that so much. And I know there are a lot of people out there who can't afford therapy. It's 
it's kind of an expensive thing. It might not be available to everyone or it can just be really scary to talk to a stranger about really difficult things that you went through. So I know for me kind of similarly like creating, whether that's this podcast or journaling or even just art, finding a way to kind of express things and use that that outlet of creativity can be a really interesting and beneficial way to move through things. Something that I wanted to share that I was just kind of thinking about as you were talking about moving through your comfort zone. I think a reason why a lot of us stay there, maybe even in like situations of abuse, you know, like there are people who you see coming back to abusive partners. Humans are creatures of predictability. We like comfort. We like to stay where we are familiar with our territory, even if it's not good for us. When I was researching kind of like different pieces of psychology that tie into this and why we do this, something that came up that I hadn't even really considered was a concept by B.F. Skinner called operant conditioning. And this is basically like behavior is reinforced by rewards and punishments. So he's saying that even in abusive situations, victims might stay due to intermittent reinforcement where occasional positive experiences, however rare, reinforce the belief that the situation might improve, which keeps them trapped in that cycle. And I think that's really true. Like even in a situation or a place where we're comfortable, we kind of search to look for the, the little bits of hope that make us want to stay where we are. Like we look for the reasons why we want to stay rather than all of the really evident red flags that make us want to leave. So I know for you, like you kind of talked about your comfort zone was staying in the background and kind of hiding and people pleasing. And that kept you safe. For you, I guess, what were like the little bits and pieces of hope for you in that environment that made you feel safer or that you clung to to stay there or like situations or ways that people would respond to you that kind of kept affirming like, okay, I need to stay where I am. Well, I think when you hide, you stay in the background, um, you work really hard not to get noticed. You're safe because you're not taking any risks. You're not being vulnerable or putting yourself out there for anyone to reject you. It's just a sad, lonely place to be, though. And I, I look back now and I think, you know, what does that look like long term if someone doesn't find a way out of that or push themselves out of that comfort zone? So there was just the safety in it was control in a way, right? Um, I was controlling my environment by not allowing people in, not allowing um, myself to be rejected or hurt, right? And I'm just so thankful that I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I guess we talked about this earlier too. Like, did you get to a point or a place where you realized that you couldn't you couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't stay anymore. Like, was there a tipping point or a place that you reached where you were like, something has to change. I need to stop acting a certain way or I need to make this shift in my life because I don't like where this has gotten me. I don't think I ever had that conscious moment, to be honest. It was little uh, steps uh, that were rewarded, that gave me confidence to take another step. Meeting your dad, who was at the time so sure of himself and out there. And he was the extrovert while I was the introvert. And I watched him. And sometimes it was cringy because it was so not me. But I watched how people reacted to him. And I kind of learned even just from being in there. And he'll even tease now that we've completely switched roles because I've become 
more aware of, of my God-given gifts. And I have the gift of hospitality and I'm very organized. And while those aren't the gifts that I wish, wished I had, or I would love to have, um, I have fun with them. And so, um, I guess it's just been for me little bits of growth and then having the hindsight to look back and gain confidence in that to take another step. I love that. And you guys really have switched roles and he talks about that all the time. So I want to challenge you now to think of a story or share a time where you decided to stay in your comfort zone and it ended up biting you in the butt. And maybe you look back and you wish like, oh, I, I wish I would have handled that situation differently. I wish that I would have pushed myself to be more of myself or to not shrink myself or to not people please. But you look back and you wish like, oh, maybe that outcome would have been different if I hadn't stayed in my comfort zone. When I was that person kind of in, in school, I'll say, watching others struggle in their own way and being too afraid to reach out to them and um, be a comfort for them. Ways that, you know, you could have been that kindness or the blessing to someone else when they were struggling to come alongside them. Those are the opportunities I look back on with a lot of regret because we all, we all are struggling with something. And as long as we turn inward instead of turning outward and loving other people where they are, we should have regret. So for anybody listening right now who is trying to figure out whether or not it's time to move out of their comfort zone, how would you say, like, how would you separate good comfort from bad comfort? Because obviously, like, the goal for all of us, I think, is that we want to be at peace in our in our lives, right? There's kind of a fine line between pushing yourself and also enjoying your life and being content around you. So I guess for you, like, what's that line? Or what would you say to someone who's trying to determine like, okay, is it time for me to make a change? Is it time for me to, to push myself more? What is the difference between good comfort and bad comfort? For me, it's been God puts awareness of something that needs to be done that I would say, I'm not the person for that. I don't know how to do that. That's not a strength of mine. Someone else should do that. But that niggle doesn't leave. And I begin to think, okay, obviously it's bothering me and it's not bothering other people. It's a need that needs to be filled. It's a role that needs to be taken on. I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone and allow myself to be stretched and grown that way and find other people to come alongside me. And so in that, you're pulling other people in, you're stretching yourself and beautiful things can come of that. So I try more and more through my life not to say I can't. And instead, if you see a need, it's okay, maybe, maybe this is supposed to be me. And then how do I do that? And who do I need to do it with me? Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think too, like our emotions also kind of indicate to us when change needs to happen or when something's not right. So if you're feeling stagnation or a lack of growth in your life, or maybe you're frustrated with repeated cycles that you can't break, you notice that, you know, there's missed opportunities, kind of like you said, mama, where you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently. If you're just like avoiding something in your life, whether that's processing something or a person in your life, or there's just some element that you're avoiding you're feeling regret or you feel like your potential isn't being fulfilled, those are all really good indicators that it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone in some way. Emotion, I think a lot of times is what kind of kicks us in the butt to make a change. 
So check in with yourself. And if you are feeling any of those feelings, kind of assess your life, kind of think to yourself, hmm, what changes could I make? How could I push myself in some way to move through these emotions and overcome them? So we've kind of talked about the psychology of why we stay in our comfort zone. What happens if we stay there? So let's talk now about how to really push yourself out of your comfort zone. So I know for you, you talked to me earlier about just a really cool experience that you had when you got into your young adult life. You became the children's director at Community Bible Study, and you were suddenly put into situations where you had to be vulnerable because of the role that you played there. So I'd love for you to talk about what happened for you when you were put in that situation and how that pushed you out of your comfort zone. Sure. Um, I went to this Bible study uh, selfishly because I wanted to meet other people. You know, I had come from working and um, when I wasn't working, I was with small, my, my own small children. I didn't even know who my neighbors were. I was quitting my job to stay home full time with my kids and knew no one in my community. So someone suggested I go to this Bible study and that's how I joined. And um, pretty quickly, I'm now finding that I'm asked to be a children's teacher, um, which made sense because I was bringing my own plus another child with me to the Bible study. Um, and then very quickly, um, I was identified in the group to become the children's director. And I was not by nature a leader. I'd never taken on anything like this. And I was suddenly um, in charge of this program that uh, ran 200 kids every week through this program, 18 teachers were underneath me. Everyone's looking to me for direction and for organization. And I found such incredible confidence there um, because I could do it. I could be organized and everyone was so helpful and loving and encouraging. And my faith grew so much because I, you know, had always confessed to be a Christian, but I'd never read the Bible before. And so I am in this deep Bible study and I'm suddenly learning how much God loves me. I met a personal God that I had never had before. And that right there gave me so much basis for I am loved and I can do anything. And that was um, an incredible growth experience um, for eight years of my life. And I, I just feel like I grew in so many different ways, made so many friendships, learned who I was and became strong in so many ways and put so many things that had been hindrances behind me and was able to forgive, um, which is, you know, it's a gift to be able to forgive so much and have conversations with those that you feel hurt you um, and have reconciliation. And um, it was just actually a very beautiful time. And I'm thankful that I had that when you kids were so young, because um, that's who I would have wanted you to meet as you were growing up. Yeah, forgiveness is such a good nugget to include in here because I think a lot of times for us to be able to fully step out of our comfort zone and move on from situations, there has to be that reconciliation. There has to be that forgiveness because that can sometimes divert us back to old patterns or old ways of thinking or old hurts that we should have moved on from as we've stepped out of that comfort zone and into something new. Something that I wanted to kind of close out on and wrap up our conversation around comfort zone is this idea that I came across as I was doing some studying for this podcast. So Nobel laureate, his name is Daniel Kahneman. He had this concept of system one and two thinking that I had never heard of, but it makes a lot of sense. And it explains, I think, a lot of, you know, how we rationalize staying in our comfort zone. 
So system one and two thinking. System one is a way of operating that's like quick and intuitive. And we rely on heuristics, which are mental shortcuts and our biases that we create throughout life in our decision making. So when you think of a football player, what are words that come to mind, Mama? Strong and um, aggressive. Uh huh. Physical. Right. And then you think of a model. What are some like a, a supermodel? What are some words that come to mind? Uh, poised and uh, beautiful, manipulated, mm-hmm. um, perfected. Yes. Yeah. So what my mom just did there, that's called a heuristic. So like when you think of a concept or a person or something in life, you immediately associate your experience or how you view that situation or person or thing with mental shortcuts that you've already made about that concept. And we do this in our life, right? If we're put into a situation that immediately triggers feelings of fear or shame, our tendency is to want to avoid those because we associate those negative emotions with negative situations. And our gut instinct is to want to protect ourselves from that. We all have that basic human survival instinct to avoid situations that put us in harm's way. That's why being vulnerable is so scary, right? Like you, you use the word trigger. So there are triggers in our life that send us into that fight or flight or freeze response. So that's what you're talking about with your step ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that system one way of thinking is basically like very emotionally charged, very quick and reactive. And that is our default setting. Okay. Whereas system two, he's saying is more slow and deliberate and you have a very rational analysis around the decisions that you make and how you act and behave and basically how your whole life plays out. And this is something that we have to consciously do. It's something that we have to learn to do because it's not innately within us. So that takes some self-awareness. And when you realize you're in a rut and you need to get out of your comfort zone to make a change, then that isn't an emotional thing. That Mm -hmm. is a conscious thought out. I need to make a change. And even though comfort zones are scary, beautiful things can happen um, that won't happen Mm -hmm. if we don't come out of our comfort zone. Right, exactly. And you have to have grace for yourself, right? Because especially if you've been stuck in a pattern of abuse or other comfort that feels really, really scary to leave. Terrifying. Have grace for yourself, right? Because it's not a flip of the switch where you can just be like, oh, I'm, I'm so weak you know, like, I'm so stupid, like, I should know better, like, you are only human at the end of the day, and you need to have grace for yourself. But at the same time, you also know, what's that saying when to get off the pot? What is it? Well, we talk about the frog. Well, no, that's probably something different. The frog in the pot, when you turn on the heat, if the the frog will allow itself to get boiled to death or cooked to death, because it doesn't know enough to get out of the bad situation. Oh, that's good. Right? That's good. Yeah. So while getting out of your comfort zone is scary, there are situations where you know right from wrong mm-hmm. and you have to know that it's better to have the fear of the unknown. Having a trusted person in your life, an accountability person, someone that can help you give yourself grace. Yeah. Um, because it might not be a once and done. It might be something that you need to go back and try more than once. Yeah. Um, to make a change in your life. That's so true. I'm thinking of the friends in my life who will give me the pep talks that are really hard to hear where they're like, Emily, you've been here before. You've done these things before, you stupid idiot. 
we're not going to do that anymore. That's what comes to mind when I think about that. I'm and... thankful for those friends in your life. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but seriously, like people in your life who are going to be honest with you right. and give you a reality check when you need it of, hey, I've seen you make this mistake before and I've seen you stuck in this pattern. And as your friend lovingly, stop, like cut it out. You know, sometimes you need that little push. And it's really good when you're struggling to invite people into the struggle with you because suffering alone and trying to navigate really hard stuff, especially abusive situations, things like that, you're not meant to deal with that alone. We're meant to invite people into that kind of darkness with us. Absolutely. So mom, I love this conversation with you today. I feel like you really did the comfort zone conversation justice. You brought so many good nuggets of wisdom. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and for sharing really tough seasons of your life, because I know that people listening are going to resonate because this is way more common struggle than I than I wish it was. And I think a lot of people are going to feel seen and heard today. So thank you for being so vulnerable. Absolutely. And I, um, I'm, I'm thankful that I got to be here with you today. And I love you. And I just hope the best for you. I'm just proud of who you are. I love you so much. Stop it. I love you too. You make me cry. Thanks, mama. Well, guys, this has been another episode of the Wrestling With Life podcast. And this is a podcast where I and now guests tell you about all the ways that we messed up in life so you don't have to. You're welcome. You can give the podcast a follow on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Wrestling With Life Pod. You can leave me a review. You can share with a friend if this resonated with you and more guests will be coming. Mama is the first one, but she will not be the last. So thank you guys for your support. And I hope that you keep tuning in. Grab life by the freaking balls. RKO the shit out of life. Keep wrestling with life. Step out of your freaking comfort zone because nothing good comes from staying where you're stuck. That's all I got for you. Bye. <laughs>